Thank God. That's what all this is about, isn't it? I wish we could go today. We know we have to go back home and we'll start resuming our life, but hopefully by the grace of God, we will be changed after this weekend. Word will mean more to us. Fellowship of saints will mean more to us. We'll just have more values increased in the godly realm. And I said before, Brother David comes, we've been so blessed for all of our visitors to be with us, different churches, brothers out parking the cars was telling me the different states <clears throat> that they had seen the license plates from. And we so thank you for coming. It wouldn't have been the meeting that it has been without you bringing your little lick of fire. Thank you for doing that. Don't we appreciate it, home church? We appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Just a few words of appreciation, if you don't mind. I want to say how much I appreciate the Deacon Brothers trying to orchestrate everything and appreciate all the brothers on the parking lot helping you to park and um, those that were going back and forth with the vehicles. And I saw them out there in the sweat and pouring down their face and to make it a little bit more convenient. All the sisters that uh, prepared the food for you, I understand we still have some leftovers for today. So we appreciate all of that. Each one of you, the brothers in the sound, the musicians, all the singers, a lot of practice and all that. Don't you appreciate all that? <clears throat> also, of course, the ministry. Brother Tim, Brother Ron, Brother David. Brother Louis, our song leader and the musicians and anybody else that I left out. We thank you as well. If the Lord tarries, I think we will pick this time for our annual meeting every year. So, Lord willing, we'll just plan on doing this next year. Hopefully, by God's grace, there'll be none of us left here. We'll all be gone home. But if we are, we'll do it again. Um, also, Brother George Smith, Believers International, has printed a new seal book. And uh, they have some of the leather-bound, really, really nice book, very, very quality, high-quality book. We have some of those over in the library. If you'd like those, I think they're $30 for the leather one and then $5 for the, for the paperback. Um, if you'd like to have one of those. Seal books getting a little bit harder to find, as you know. Oh, I'm expecting today. Praise the Lord. I think avoid these times, how a great thing it is. In my mind, I wonder sometimes, and I think, how would Brother Branham love to have walked out and preached in a message church? As you realize, he got to preach in his tabernacle, and then there's a group out in service and a little small group here and there. Brother Branham never actually got to go to message churches. Can you imagine how he would have acted if he would have been here this week with us and been able to preach what God placed on his heart? But thank God, there's men of God that are getting into that message that he brought and bringing us what we need for the hour. God bless you. We love you so much. We thank you for, for participating in the service. And we want just to have Brother David to come. And let's just open our heart. I heard this thing about the goodness of God. Start it for us. 
Let's just sing this before Brother David comes. I love you, Lord. I'm sure all of us can say this together. For your mercy never fails. Your mercy never fails me. In all my days. Hallelujah. I have, Lord Jesus. From the moment that I wake up. Yes, Lord. Till I lay my hand. I receive of the goodness of God. Everybody now, with all of our hearts. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so Of the goodness of God. Let's sing that once again all my life. I mean, knows it's a truth. All my life you have been Well, didn't the Lord show up here last night? You know, when God shows up, he usually shows out. If God could give us vision into that other door rim, and you could see demons being dragged out of this building. They've been beaten. They've been whooped. They've been punched in the face. We left here rejoicing, thanking God, shouting, giving glory to God. Aren't you thankful for what the Lord has done for us? We're so honored to be here today with you and one of the greatest honors of our life to be able to come and to be able to celebrate this time with you. Just such a beautiful, beautiful place. Moses could make the tabernacle beautiful, but God makes it glorious. And God has made this glorious. Not the building, his people. Praise God. Such an honor to be here with you today. I'd like to go to the book of Esther chapter 2 today. If we could turn our attention to the word this morning. Certainly appreciate all the wonderful singing, everything that's been done for us. Appreciate Brother Donnie giving us this opportunity. Amen. How many's come to have church today? Esther chapter 2 verse 5. I'd like to speak to you on the mystery of the book of Esther. Esther chapter 2 verse 5. Now in Shusim the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish of Benjamin, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jochanai, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother And the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. And it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, 
And when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also into the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him. And he speedily gave her things for purification. With such things as belonged to her seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Drop down to verse 16. So Esther was taken into the king of Hazars into his house royal in the 10th month, which is the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women. Hallelujah. And she obtained grace and favor in the sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Let's just buy our hearts today and ask the Lord just to help us. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be gathered together together. Lord, that you have given us this moment in time to be able to Lord, come and see one another, fellowship, visit with one another. But Lord, the greatest attraction among us is the thing that we all have in common, and it's this great message that you've sent. And Father, we just ask that this morning that you would just help us. May the anointing come, Lord, and may you just help us to move aside, help this congregation. Lord, we've seen you do so many things, Lord, last night, and we want to tell you how thankful that you are. We want to be careful to give you thanks, Lord. It's so important that we approach you with thanksgiving in our heart. And Lord, we believe that you've done wonderful things. And we believe that you'll continue to do things, Lord, as we leave this place, Lord. And healing virtue will go with us, Lord. And your people's lives, no doubt they have been changed. We thank you for it today. Fathers, we look into your word. Take the word of God. Break it to us, we ask now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you today. You can be seated. We know that our God is all-knowing. The prophet tells us because God is, is, is infinite that he knows the beginning from the end. But I makes a statement, and I want to build from this today if the Lord will help us as we look into this out of the power of God, 1955. Abraham said, predestination looks back to foreknowledge. And foreknowledge looks on to destination. And in order to be God, he knew the end from the beginning so he could predict it and set things in order to happen. That he could order certain things for certain ages. Aren't you glad you're living the right age? Again, the resurrection of Jesus, he said, it's been well stated that predestination looks back to foreknowledge and foreknowledge looks on to destiny. And God in the beginning could see all the things the way it would happen. Therefore, he could tell it'll be this way or it'll be that way. So God could foretell. He knows exactly every person that would be born in this day. Therefore, you're not living in this day by chance, but you're living in this day because God allocated your day. Then this is the time that he's called you to be alive. And we know that God's, of course, whenever he destines something, he destines it by election. 
And we know that election looks back to foreknowledge. Foreknowledge looks on to the end. So whenever you come into this day that God would choose you to be able to live at this time, that God has foreordained a destiny. He has placed a purpose in your life. And God has called you as an individual to be able to fulfill his part of the word in this day. Now we know that that's something that God has always done. He projects into the future what's going to take place. He projects in the future what's going to happen. You'll remember whenever Jesus was upon Mount Olives and he was fixing to ride into Jerusalem. Remember it had already been prophesied by Zechariah. Jesus was going to come riding into Jerusalem. It had already been written in the script. It had already been written in the word and nothing can change what God had already prophesied in his word. That God had already foretold he was going to come riding into Jerusalem. Whenever Zechariah says it in Zechariah, Zechariah 99, the Bible said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem that behold thy king cometh unto thee he is just having salvation he's going to come lowly riding upon an ass and upon a colt the foal of an ass so Jesus come to fulfill that part of the word that Zechariah had prophesied and we know that somebody had to fulfill it but not just anybody but it was there for the king to fulfill that part of the word now we know that there not only does Jesus Jesus got to fulfill his part. But the Bible said, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. And then he tells us to shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. So if Jesus is going to fulfill his part of come riding into Jerusalem, somebody's got to fulfill the other part. Somebody's got to rejoice. Somebody's got to shout. Somebody's got to fulfill what Zechariah has already said. And let me say this, they could not just sit and observe the king coming into Jerusalem. They could not just come and sit. Oh, let me tell you, we've had plenty of sitters around the message. Oh yes, we've had plenty of spectators that has come around the message. But God don't want just spectators. But God wants some participators today. Amen. Not only does Jesus got to do his part, but I want to tell you, you've got to do your part. You remember in the book of Mark chapter 11 that Jesus tells the disciples, he said, I want you to go down to a certain village and when you go there, you're going to find a colt that is tied up. And what I want you to do is, I want you to take and I want you to loose that colt and I want you to bring that colt to me. And if any man would ask you, why are you loosing the colt? You just tell him his master has need of him. Amen. Now notice, notice that Jesus foretells them exactly what's going to happen. And listen to me, he not only foretold them what was going to take place, he told them that that donkey was going to be there. So when they go there, the word has already been spoken. The word has already been declared. And now here is the colt that is there and tied up. They begin to loose him. And as they loose him, here comes a man. And he says, why are you loosing the colt? Oh, his master has need of him. 
I want to tell you, not only did Jesus have a part, but even that donkey had a part to fulfill. You realize his life had a purpose. The day that he was born, he was destined to pack the word back into Jerusalem. It had already been prophesied, and not just any donkey can fulfill this, but it takes the right one, born at the right season, that his birth had to be born at the right time, that when they went there, he would be of the right age and the right time and the right moment. And when they go there, there he is because it's already been written in the word. And I want to say this, he was the one that was going to fulfill that part of the word that Zechariah had already prophesied about. He was elected to pack the king back into Jerusalem. He was not born just to pack beans. He was not born just to pack wheat out of the field. But he was born to carry the word. It was his destiny to pack the word back into Jerusalem. Oh my, he was called in that moment to fulfill a 500-year-old prophecy of the Messiah coming into Jerusalem. And then we come to this little book of Esther. And let me say this. Nobody else could fulfill this part of becoming the queen. Now Esther is a type of the bride. And the church said amen. Now catch this. It was during this time that the king was showcasing his kingdom before all the princes of the land. In other words, there was a gathering that was going on. And the king decided to have a feast and the feast was going to last seven days. It wasn't going to last three, wasn't going to last five, but seven days had been allocated for the feast to come. And for six days, he would show them pieces and parts of this kingdom. But on the last day, which is the seventh day, He wants his queen to be showcased. For six days, he gives them pieces and parts. But on the last day, the king is wanting his queen to come and be showed amongst the princes of the land. And I want to say this, in the last day, he wants her to be seen. He does not want her to be hid away. But he wants her to come to the forefront. He wanted to present her before the people of the land. But during this time, Queen Vashti, she was holding her own little denominational gathering. Huh? She had her own little council of churches that was going on. And whenever the king orders her to come and stand beside him, she refused to come before the king. And it so embarrassed the king because he had set this whole feast up to make her the thing that everyone would see at the last day of the feast. But she refused to come under the headship of the word. And when he did, the king put Vashti away. We know that that is a type. We understand that the king turned down Vashti because of her refusal to go on with the word of the king, the king put her away. And when she refused the king, he had no choice. And the prophet says it like this in marriage and divorce. He said, you'll remember in the Bible when the king married Esther. Listen to this. You'll remember in the Bible when the king married Esther because the queen refused. He got him another one. 
And what happened when she refused to come out with the king and obey him? I want you to notice Brother Brown brings a parallel from that event of the Old Testament. And he brings a parallel of that event right to the day that we're living in now. And he said she refused to come out to the king to obey him. And he did it. He proved it in the days of Luther, Wesley, and Pentecost. When they refused to become a further part of him by having a spiritual sexual affair to become pregnant with a further part of the word. You understand? She refused. And the Lutheran church refused for Christ to have many more desire with her. Luther refused it. And so is it today. With every one of them, they fail to take that word. So he's telling us the king is looking for somebody to take the fullness of the word of God. He's looking for somebody. And Luther's age didn't do it. And Wesley's age didn't do it. Even the Pentecostals organized themselves and they refused to do it. Oh, but let me tell you, there he is again in the land today. Hallelujah. There's another people in the land today who under their messenger is going to be a final voice to a final age. They will not refuse the word. They will not reject the promise. They will not reject this message. But they'll come out and they'll receive it wholeheartedly. So the king puts away those organizations And now there's going to be a search on the last day for a new queen. So the king sends out a decree or a shout. Hallelujah. And let me say this. It is an invitation, but it's not just for everybody. Not just everybody's going to believe this king. Not just any woman will do Not just in a person will do, but to be the queen, you must be elected by the king to be the queen. It's not by your choice. It's by the king's choice. Glory to God. It just so happens to be at this time in the history of Jewish scripture, there just so happens to be, oh, we would say, Oh, maybe by chance, we believe it's more than that. There happens to be a little Jewish girl by the name of Esther. She's living near the palace, but she's never been in the inner court yet. Mm. Oh my. She's not in the palace. She's living in the outer courts of it. She's never come in yet. She's still living on the outside. But her destiny's about to change. Hallelujah. Now, her cousin at this time that had took her in, Mordecai. Mordecai had a position in the palace. And he had found, oh, how can I say it? He had found favor with the king. He had a position in the body. He had a position of favor. He had been elevated into the kingdom. And he found favor during the time that Vestar was refused. Here comes Mordecai upon the scene. And during that time that Luther and Wesley and Pentecost had been rejected, here's a man that's got favor in the kingdom. 
I said, here's a man that's got a position. He knows what the king wants. He knows what the king desires. He knows what the king is looking for in this day. And since Esther was a virgin, preach with me somebody, she's justified to go into the presence of the king. Now listen, in order to come before the king, whenever they come in, there's gotta be a time of purification. In other words, the king don't wanna see something that's unclean. He don't wanna see something that's not, not pure. So he gives them a time of purification. There's a process of redemption that they have to go through. There's a time of cleansing and justification and sanctification. You realize they would go through 12 months of cleansing before they come before the king. Think about that. 12 months of cleansing, which tells us that the king wants somebody that's clean. He wants somebody. Can I say it? That ain't got spot or blemish. That ain't got the dirt of the world. Another reason why is 12 months would go by. It would guarantee that the woman coming in has not been with another man. It would guarantee that she's not carrying another man's seed or another king. Are you hearing me? She's not carrying another king's seed. She's not carrying another kingdom's seed, but she's pure. And they give her the time to make sure that she's carrying no other life in her. I said he wants no other life in her. So they go through a time of cleansing. The Bible says in Esther 2 and 8, it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard when knitting maidens were gathered together in the shoes in the palace. He said that Esther was brought to the king's house to the custody of the keeper of the women. Aren't you glad you got a keeper? And the maiden pleased him. Don't you love that? She didn't just find favor with the king, but she finds favor with everybody she comes in contact with. Hallelujah. In other words, there's, she's got character. There's something about her that whenever people meet her, she's different than the rest of the women. She's different than the rest of the churches. The maiden pleased him. She obtained kindness of him and he speedily gave her things for purification. Such things as belong to her. I love that. She just walks in and all of a sudden she's got one gift after another, after another. And he says, these belong to you. What did I do to earn it? You didn't earn it. What did I do to deserve it? You don't deserve it. But I'm going to give these to you. Seven maidens out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids into the blessed place of the house of the women. And Esther, watch. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, which means lineage. For Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. So here is Esther and Mordecai tells her, you keep your DNA a mystery. Keep your lineage a mystery. Where you come from, keep it a mystery. I want you to keep this a secret. So it's gonna remain a secret for so long. Hallelujah. Don't you tell, it's a mystery. And let me say this, I want the revelation of who you are to remain a mystery, so keep it silent, Esther. Now, no doubt, there was a lot of women that come 
that wanted to have a claim upon the king. They wanted to have a claim upon his kingdom. They claimed they was his type. They claimed they knowed what he wanted. They claim they know what pleased him. There's a lot of people that's getting ready. There's a lot of people that's reading this and, and believing that. But I want to say this. Esther was the only one that had a prophet that was getting her ready to meet the king. Brother, there's been churches, churches, brides, brides, churches, but there's coming one. And let me say this. We don't have to wonder if we know what the king wants. We've got a message that has told us what the king desires today. That's why we're not ashamed of this message. Because it takes Malachi 4's message to dress the bride in this day. If God wanted an organization, he would have took Luther. He would have took Wesley. He would have took Vashti. This message is the only thing that the king is going to recognize. Not sensations. Not just emotions. Not just gathering in a building. Not just sitting on a pew. He's going to recognize the word of this day. Hallelujah. Mordecai knows a Baptist ideal will not please the king. He knows that a creed will not please the king. Dogmas, ideals, beliefs from man, it'll never please the king. He knows it'll take the unfailing body word of the son of man to bring the right woman into the presence of the king. He don't want something that's been mixed. He don't want man's ideas. He wants the unadulterated word for this day. Somebody that's not ashamed of his spirit. A people that's not afraid to rejoice and to worship and to lift their hands and to give glory to God. Somebody help me now. He wants somebody who believe the word for this day. They're not ashamed of the message and they're not ashamed of the messenger. Too many people around our message want a classical Holy Ghost and God don't give classical Holy Ghost. Do you realize the number one word that Brother Brown used to describe a new birth? You know what it was? A mess. I said it's a mess. Our new birth has got to be a mess. Not preacher's religion. It's got to be a mess. No matter where a birth happens at, it's a mess. Not some dried confession not something that's made up or put on, something genuine. She's got to be dressed right. And let me say this, she can't dress the way she wants to. She's got to please the king. So it takes a special dress to be able to catch the king's eye. And the prophet tells his present stage of my ministry, I hope he'll crown my ministry with this of letting me take the clothes of the word and dress his bride in the clothes of the word for his righteousness. I'm glad he didn't say it's mine. Aren't you glad he didn't say it's yours? But it's the king's righteousness that he's looking at today. Again in the evening messenger, 
The messenger's hunting the bride, trying to find character. If that man has come, a messenger to the last day, he's trying to find a bride for Christ. He'll not look for denominational membership. He'll look for character that's willing. That's the messenger of the last days, the evening light. Hallelujah. He said he'll find that church where they'll believe the message. And I want to say he found it. He ain't looking for it no more. He's found it. He's not searching for it no more. He has found it. He's not looking for a bride. He's found her. He said if she'll just stand still long enough to tell her how the bride's got to redress, she's got to be clothed, stand still. So Mordecai told Esther all the things that she needed to be ready to meet the king. I said he told you everything you need to find favor in the presence of the king. And Elijah has provided everything that we need by this word to be able to obtain the blessing in the last days. He's provided everything that we have need of. Friends, if you don't have the blessing, it's not Brother Branham's fault. It's not the ministry's fault. The fault belongs to me and you. He's given us everything we need to obtain it. If you need healing, it's in there. If you need deliverance, it's in there. If you need victory, it's in there. If you need the Holy Ghost, it's in there. If you need joy, it's in there. Everything that we have need of lays in the Word for this day. Well, Brother David, tell me what I gotta do. Put it on. I said put it on. Put that Word on. Put the, put the Word on, of God upon you and allow that glory to be seen upon your life. And the Bible says in verse 16 that Esther was taken to the king of Hazars into his house royal in the 10th month of the seventh year. 10 and 7. She didn't go in under 10. Listen, she went in under 10, 7. On the 10th day of the seventh month and the last day, all of this is happening under 10-7. The bride is being dressed under 10-7. The bride is making herself ready under 10-7. Under 10-7, she's found grace. Under 10-7, she's found mercy. Under 10-7, she's got the blessing. Where did it come from? Under 10-7. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sell the mystery of Esther. Under 10-7. In the seventh church age, there's going to be a people come out of that age. Not another day to come. Not another age to come. She's the final voice to the final age. So 10-7 brings her into the presence of the king. And verse 17 says, And the king, he ain't just infatuated with her. This ain't just some weekend visit. But the king fed head over heels in love. Isn't that incredible? You can plan when you buy a house. 
You can plan when you go to college, but when it comes to love, you fall. And there's been a lot of women that's come by the king, but then this woman dressed in the king's desire. When she comes in, the king's not looking past her. He's not looking for another people. He's not looking for another church. He's not looking for another, preach with me somebody. He looks at her and the Bible said the king loved Esther above all the churches. A woman in the Bible represents the church. He loves her above every church, every denomination. Catholicism cannot receive it. Denominationalism can't receive it. But in the presence of the king, she found love and favor. Hallelujah. In this message, we found love and we found favor. And I'm not talking about a love that's going to end tomorrow or a love that's going to end next month or a love that's going to end next year. But this love is eternal love. It's an agape love that once you've got the heart of God, God can't lose you. Feel my preacher coming on. Be good, Brother David. It's dedication. Let's just forget that and have some jerks. She obtained grace and favor more than all the virgins. Come on. I said there was more than just one virgin. But this virgin, this virgin was the elect virgin. And the king didn't have to think about it for a month. But the Bible says he set the royal crown upon her head and he made her queen. Instead of Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, denominationalism. Can you imagine? No doubt she had, living near the palace, she'd seen royalty. She'd watch them as they would come in and out. Being a little girl, no doubt she would think about what would it be like to be able to be one of the royalty of the house of the king to be able to wear those type of dresses to be able to look like that and be cared for and taken care of that everything that they would have need of what would it be like to be that person she'd see how beautiful the queen was she'd seen how wonderful they was treated oh my no doubt she would go to bed at night dreaming about being royalty but what she didn't know Like that little donkey, she was destined. She was destined to become the queen. It could not even be imagined in her mind. I hope you're hearing me. She cannot even imagine in her mind that the king would want somebody like her. Oh, can I say it for you? We feel so unworthy sometimes, so unlovable sometimes. We look at our humanity and the faults and the failures of our humanity and it, it's so hard to comprehend that the king would desire someone like us. And no politics involved. Nothing under the table. No shady thing done. But God ordains her to this position She's destined to be the queen. But the only thing that she needs, 
She needs the revelation. This is my message today. She needs the revelation of what God has predestinated her to be and has destined her to become. So he set the crown upon her. Now notice, she's not a part of the harem. She's not just, she's not another concubine. He didn't make her a concubine. He made her the queen. She's not just another church. It's not just another age. It's not just another people. She's the elected queen. She's the choice of the king. Somebody ought to say amen right there. But there's somebody else in this age. And his name is Haman. And Haman, he wants things done his way. Haman had become elevated among the princes of the land. He had won favor among them. And Haman is a descendant of Agag. He's from the Amalekites. And the Amalekites descended from the lineage of Esau, whom God hated. Come on. So remember, it was Agag that fought against Israel, that Saul should have killed. It was Agag that come against the Jews. And you'll remember in the scripture, Israel actually captured the king. They captured Agag. And the Bible said that whenever Agag come before Samuel, the Bible says that the king, that Samuel took the sword and he hacked to pieces Agag, their king, in the presence of the Lord. And Haman knows this. I said Haman knows this. Haman knows, let me give you a shouting point. Haman knows his whole lineage has been defeated by this people. Haman knows that the lineage of Israel has overcome the Amalekites. He had overcome his family, his great-great-grandfather, his great-great-great-grandfather. They've overcome one, one attack after another after another. They defeated the Amalekites. Moses defeated them. Joshua defeated them. Samson defeated them. Every son of God has been an Agag, an Amalekite killer. The whole lineage of Israel had one overcomer after another. There's a lineage, a lineage of conquerors. And Haman knows this. So Haman, he wants to do something about this. And he hates Mordecai. Can I say that again? He don't like Mordecai. Mordecai refuses to stroke his ego. Come on, church. Mordecai refuses to bow down before him. And, a, and, and here Haman has become elevated in this kingdom. He thinks he's the bomb.com. So Haman says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hatch out a plan. And I'm going to make Brother Branham, I mean Mordecai, look as bad as I can. 
I'm going to try to get people to lose confidence in him. I'm going to try to get people to quit following his message. I'm going to kill his everything that I can do. I'm going to try to kill his influence. I'm going to start websites. I'm going to produce YouTube videos. I'm going to tweet some tweets. I'm going to gram some grams. I'm going to tick the talk. Come on, young people. I'm going to snap. I'm going to chat. I'm going to snitch. I'm going to be real. I'm going to sow some discord. The fossils in the room is going, what's he talking about? <laughs> I'm going to try to get everybody I can to lose confidence in this message. So he wants to be elevated. He wants to be lifted. He wants to be higher. And in order to do that, he's got to bring Mordecai down so he can step on him to go higher. So he brings this plan before the king. And let me say this. He tells the king how terrible these people are. So here is the accuser of the brethren telling the king how awful you are, how many mistakes you make, how many shortcomings that you preach somebody. So he brings accusation after accusation. Look at this. Haman is using deception. Haman's using the law. And whenever he did, the king instituted a law. And it's the law that's been instituted and the king says, well, if they're trying to overthrow my kingdom. But what Haman doesn't know is when he hatches this plan out and this law, oh, can I say it? This law of sin and death comes into effect that every Jew is going to die on a certain day. But what that devil don't know is this. There's a mystery. I said there's a mystery that's been abiding among them. There's a mystery. She's been hidden back for a long time. She's been pulled back for a long time. But the hour of silence is over. The hour of sitting back is done. The hour of just watching and spectating, that hour is done. It's time for the bride. It's time for the queen. It's time for Esther to come to her place, come to her position. You see, Mordecai, told her to keep a secret. So Esther is the mystery of the hour. Her lineage is a mystery. Her seed line is a mystery. Oh, where she come from is a mystery. Where she's going is a mystery. But it's come time for every mystery that's gonna be finished in this day. Now, when a king makes a decree, he cannot change his word. Is that right? He cannot change his mind about his word. So when the king makes a law, that law cannot be altered. That law cannot be changed. That law cannot just be annulled. It must come to pass exactly the way the king said it. Let the mystery come forth. And Mordecai hears what Haman has done. And he knows that Haman has used deception against the people of God and now there's been a law that's been instituted. Do you see the top today? That what did the devil do in the garden? Slipped underneath the garden gate and when he did, he used deception against God's people and whenever they fail, the law was instituted. The law of sin and death was instituted. The day thou eat thereof, that day thou shalt surely. And God can't take that promise back. 
So Mordecai begins to fast before God because he knows something's got to happen. If something don't take place, these people are going to perish. Now Esther hadn't been before the king some 30 days. So she's, uh, she's been sealed away. She's been sealed away. So Mordecai begins to send Esther message after message. He sent her some letters. He sent her some books. He sent her some tapes. He sent her some CDs. He sent her some MP3s. Oh my, he sends her letters. Letters like recognizing your day and its message. Letters like the invisible union of the bride of Christ. Messages like Christ the mystery of God revealed. The seed is not there with the shuck. Modern events be made clear by prophecy. Hallelujah. He's telling her as she reads these letters, Esther, it's manifesting time. It's seek time. It's bride time. It's light time. Esther, this is what you've got to do. You've got to approach the king, Esther. You've got to do something. You must take your stand. You've got to do your part. You've got to come to your position. You cannot just sit around. You've got something to do around this message. The Bible says, if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall enlarge me, deliver me to rise from the Jews in another place. But you, your father's house, you're going to be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I love the way the Amplified says it. Listen to this. If you keep silent at this time, So the days of silence has come and gone. It's time that she finds her voice. It's time that she finds her place. It finds, she finds her position in the kingdom that she's been elected to. If you keep silence at your time, religious leaders shall come. Arise from the Jews elsewhere, but you, your father's house, will perish. And who knows, listen, who knows that you've come to the kingdom? Hmm. For such a time as this, for this, for this very occasion. In other words, this is why you're here. This is what you've been called to do. This, listen, that's what this word has been doing among us. The prophet of God has been honing the mind of Esther to let her know she has something that she has to do. And I'm going to tell you, you're not safe just being around the message. You're not safe just going to a message church. You're not safe just sitting on a message pew. It's not safe just to have 1,100 servants. You've been called into this word to do something. We've been called to intercede. We've been called to stand for the message and stand for our God-given rights. The purpose of your existence is for this moment. God put you here in this spot and this hour. This is your opportunity. This is your divine appointment, my almighty God. He elected you to be in this day, at this time, at this hour, for this very occasion. As Brother Brown moved from the first pool to the second pool, he was building 
to this moment of the word. And the last part of his ministry was announced to the elected lady who she is and what she's been called to do and what she's called to fulfill. Listen, the third pull is the time of recognition among the elect. That's why the mighty angel come down. That's why he come down. He come down looking for his body. He come down looking for his queen. Listen, he's come to announce the position of the queen among us. That's why the book has come open. That's why seven thunders has uttered their voices. Look, friends, Mordecai done his part. Luther done his part. Wesley done his part. Brother Ram's done his part. And now you got to do your part. She will be a modern event that's being made clear by prophecy, by prophetics. In other words, the scripture has been pointing to this time. Every shadow from the Old Testament. Remember, said the shadows and the times, they're coming to light in the day that we're living in now. And I want to say this, this is the day every age has been waiting for. This is the age that every person has been waiting for. And you've got the privilege to be alive and remain in this day. You're going to carry the word. You're going to pack the word. You're going to carry the king. destined to fulfill this part. You believe that? What time is it then? Throne room time. I said it's inner veil time. She cannot just remain on the outside but according to the word, she's got to go into the presence of the king. She's going to walk where no other person would be allowed to walk. Why? It would be death to approach the king and announce but I want to say this, she's not just any person in the kingdom. She's not just another woman. She's elected. She's the king's queen. God's been building this elected church down through the ages. And he started the feet. He's been coming the head. And now he's coming to the climax, which is the finishing of the church. Insomuch that the headstone has descended down in this hour to cap off the bride in the end time. Well, I want to tell you, we're not living at the bottom of this pyramid. You believe this, don't you? We're not living at the bottom of the pyramid. We're living in the closing moments. The headstone has come. And it's not coming crying law. It's not crying law. It's come crying grace, grace, grace. Why? For this occasion, for such a time as this. Esther's taking these words in. Something's happening to her. She starts running with a message. Hallelujah. She starts crying grace. Do you realize... That the book of Esther is one of the most debated books in the Old Testament. Do you realize many theologians, they debate because they say that Esther, the book of Esther, don't even belong in the Bible. They say that the book of Esther has no value to it. Because it never mentions the name of God. It never mentions Jehovah. It never mentions his name. Never a compound name. It only mentions fasting and prayer. But I want to tell you, theologians may not see a value in it. Theologians may have not seen the mystery of it. But I want to tell you, in the eyes of God, this book has value to it. That's what they say about us, that we're not a real church. We don't have a headquarters. We don't belong to a denomination. We don't got no right. But I want to tell you, in the eyes of God, you've got some value in the eyes of Almighty God. You're not just another people, but God 
loves you and God has elected you and God has called you for such a time as this for this very occasion. Do you realize even the placing of the book of Esther, it's placed in the Bible in a perfect spot. It is. Because it's right after the book of Nehemiah and it's right before the book of Job. And Nehemiah, come on somebody, Nehemiah represents the Jews going back to their homeland. And the book of Job represents the resurrection. So after the Jews go back to their homeland and just before the resurrection, here's a queen, hallelujah. Here's a queen that's coming to her place. Here's a queen that's coming to her position after the Jews has went back. And just before the resurrection, here's a bride recognizing who she is for such a time as this. She's seeing her place. Why? It's the word of God. Just before the resurrection, here are you and I coming under a capstone ministry. Christ grace Mordecai's been sending these letters to these servants for quite some time now and the scripture says listen she says and the king's servants and the people of the king's providence know whether it's a man or a woman comes into the king into the inner court, who's not called? So if you're not called, you ain't got no rights in there. And there is one law of his that's to put him to death. Except, hallelujah, I feel like preaching a breach right now. Except, except God throws a breach in. Except, such to whom the king would hold out his golden scepter that he may live. But I've not been called to come into his presence now for these 30 days. So the law is in effect. Are you hearing me? The law of sin and death is still in effect. The law bound her and tried to limit her from approaching the king. So the law of sin and death, it kept her. Listen, it kept her out of his presence. Come on, somebody. I said it was death to go behind that inner veil. But the message said you was born for this purpose. The message says you was born for this. You're destined to do this. Look what he's doing. He's telling you, you are not just anybody. You're called to go into his presence. You've got favor in the sight of the king. Oh, can I tell you, you got favor in the sight of the king. You think you're in this building by chance? You think you're in this meeting by chance? You think you come to this message by accident? You are here in this day for this purpose to escape death. You are here to go behind the inner veil. You are here to be the word of God made flesh in this day. That's the reason we refuse to give the devil our children. We're not giving him our young people. We're not giving him our family. I'd stand on my God-given rights and intercede in this hour. Satan, take your hands off of God's property. You should never give up on your children. I don't care what they've done. I don't care where they're at. I don't care what bar stool they're on, how much they're hung up on drugs. Never, never, never give up on your rights as a mother, as a father, as a son of God. Claim your God-given rights. 
Something happens to this woman. She becomes awakened. She's being shook by the word. And all of a sudden the word catches hold. Now she's going to put the word into action. Not just quote it. Not just tabletop books. Not something left on a bookshelf. Not something else to draw dust. Let me put this word into action. And she, watch her, watch her come to her. Go. Before he's telling her, he's telling her, and now she finds her voice. And he says, she says, go. Gather together the Jews that are present. Fast for me, neither need or drink through three days, and I and my maidens will fast likewise, and I'm going to go into the king, which is not according to the law. If I perish, if I perish, let me perish. If I die, let me die in the army of the Lord. If I burn, oh, friends, if I go down, let me go down proclaiming the message of the king. If that's the way we go, so be it. But if I'm going to go down, I'm going down underneath the word of God for this day. This third pull is nothing to play with. It's serious. It's life or death. The only thing that could save her is if the king takes his scepter, his golden scepter, and he extends it to her. So she needed something between her and the king. In order to go into his presence without death taking her over, she needed a go-between, she needed a mediator, she needed the scepter, which is Jesus Christ. He's a mediator between the two. He went between a king who was obligated to destroy us because of his claw. Here is a queen whom he loved and the only way to save her is she must have a go-between. And that's what Jesus Christ did for you and I. He stepped between us and the law. I said he stands between you and the law. Think about it. Jesus was our go-between. He was our mediator that stands between you and the goal. Look at it. Here he is standing there. Look at that scepter. The scepter was a rod with a symbol on the top of it. The scepter was common wood. I said common wood, but overlaid with gold. Common wood overlaid with deity. That's my savior. That's my king. He was common flesh and bone, born like you and I. But the difference is he's overlaid with deity. Let me hurry. I can imagine she's coming down through the courts. The guards standing outside the door. They're ready to cut her down. They're ready to kill her. She comes and if I die, I die. No doubt. No doubt she's rehearsing. I'm called for this. I'm anointed for this. I'm chosen for this one footprint after another, one step after another. I'm called for this. I'm ordained for this. She goes to quoting that message. She goes to quoting her position. Why is it? She knows who she is. And whenever the doors open up, she steps inside. The law, the law wants to cut her down. But the king extended Christ. Hallelujah. He extended the scepter. She comes before the king. 
and she touches the head of that staff. I said she touched the head of that kingdom. Oh, just like the worshiper in the Old Testament would take and lay his hands upon the head of that lamb. Here she is laying her hands upon the head of the kingdom. And by doing that, the law had no effect upon Esther. And I'm going to say this. Not only is she standing there, she's got to find her voice. She's got a right to articulate words. She's got a right to say something. Are you hearing me? What can she do? She can cry out to the king. Oh, king, I got a need. Oh, Haman has done this, and the devil's done that, and the enemy's trying to do this, and he's trying to rob this, but I'm coming before the king. The Bible says it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel. She ain't coming in dressed with the rags of her own ideas, but she's wearing the gifts that the king gave her. She's wearing what pleases the king. She knows it's got his attention. It's found favor and she goes because she's been dressed right. I love it because the king sees her. And he says, Esther, what do you want? I'll give whatever you want, whatever you ask in my, whatever you want, say it. Whatever you ask in my name, it'll be given. She said, oh, king, Haman, there he is. I want you to look who's pulling the veil off of the enemy in the last days. Haman has come against my family. Haman has come against my church. Haman has come against my loved ones. Haman, through deception and lie, that he's going to kill every person that he can. And the king says, but Esther, you know once I make a decree, I can't change my word. It's my oath. It's my word. It's my decree, and I can't change it. And the king says, but let me tell you what I'll do. I can't undo my word, but I'll make a new testament, a new covenant. I said, I'll make a higher law. I'll make a higher order. I'll make a new testament. I'll make a new decree that the day before you are to be killed, every Jew that knows that his enemy is going to kill him, the day before he can slay his enemy before they slay him. And may I tell you, because the veil has come off of the enemy, you've got a right to cast out that in before he takes you, before he comes against you. You've got a right to tear the veil off of that enemy and take Take your God-given rights and slay your enemy. The, the high word has annulled the death sentence off of your life. Hallelujah. Let me say this. Jesus Christ under this new covenant has took your sins and your iniquity and he nailed them to the tree. And now you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things has become new. The judgment seat was your mercy seat. The king, the king took this assault as though it was assault against himself. Anybody hear me right there? I said he took this assault that he was going, that Haman was going to try to destroy Esther. He took it as though he's trying to destroy me. And Haman got hung on the gallows 
that he had prepared for Mordecai. And may I tell you that Satan has been trying to ascend to the highest place he can get. But who stops the final ascension? A queen. A queen coming to her place. Stops Satan from he Listen, she stops his plan dead in the tracks. I want to tell you, we're the people that stop Satan in this hour. You're the people that puts him under your feet in this day. Let our musicians come. Hallelujah. Stand your feet with us if you would. You realize every year the Jews hold a feast of Purim. And the word Purim comes from the word lots. It means it's a feast of lots. And the feast of lots, it's a time of celebration. It's a time of rejoicing. The Jews hold this feast to remind the people what has been done to Haman. Somebody help me right now. I said they must be reminded. They've got to be reminded that Haman has no authority over them. They like to be reminded that Haman has been murdered. He has been killed. He has been hung. And he cannot touch you no more. He cannot come against you no more. So they hold a feast to remind them that Haman has lost his rights. It's a time of celebration. It's a time to rejoice. I said, let's have a little feast right now. During the Feast of Purim, they take and they make pastries and all types of food. They make pastries in pyramid shapes. And it's during that time of the feast. I said, it's during that time of the celebration. They took the book of Esther. The book of Esther is called the scroll. And they take the scroll and they wait till the evening time to open the scroll. Hallelujah. And in the evening time, they open the scroll and when the book comes open, they begin to celebrate because the books come open. They don't, listen friends, the open book in Esther, the people begin to rejoice. They begin to celebrate because they know, they know the mystery of the book has been revealed. The mystery of Esther has been unveiled. They know that Haman's going to come against them, but they know what his end is. So in the evening time, they open the book and they begin to read from the open book Hallelujah. And as they read from the book, what they do is they take chalk and they write the name Haman on the bottom of their shoes. And every time in the book of the scroll that Haman's name is mentioned, the people begin to celebrate and they begin to stomp their feet. They begin to stomp their They don't sit. They participate. They spectate but they stomp their feet every time the name of Haman is mentioned they begin to stomp their feet I say today there ought to be a people under the open book that the scroll has come open we can stomp our feet 
You come to the end of the book. The name of Haman has been erased from the bottom of your feet. In 1963, the head come down. But if he's the head, tell me who the body is. And if you're the body, whose feet is he using? Whose feet is he using to put Haman under? He uses your feet. He uses my feet. Tell all enemies is put under his feet. You think we're excited now? You wait till these preachers get a glorified body. You think we get excited now? Wait till we become glorified. Wait till you become glorified. There's gonna be some singing. There's gonna be some shouting. There's gonna be some rejoicing. There's gonna be singing on the hills of glory. There's gonna be shouting on the hills of glory. There's gonna be some brothers shouting. There's gonna be some young people shouting. There's gonna be some moms and dads. There's gonna be some rejoicing. And I say, we ain't gotta wait. We don't have to wait. It's already been written. It's already been prophesied. You're the mystery of the scroll. The whole thing's been pointing to you and to this day. And Satan can't stand it. He can't stand it when you stand on your God-given rights. Can you imagine what hell if he could have been allowed to stop that line last night and stop you from getting into it? But he couldn't do it. Because the queen found favor in the sight of the king. But I don't care what the devil don't like. I'm gonna sing and shout with all of my might. The devil don't like it, but I don't care. He don't like me worshiping, but I don't care. He don't like me singing, but I don't care. He don't like us rejoicing, but we don't care. We don't care what the devil don't like. We're calling God to sing the shout to glorify his name. Somebody help me today. Hallelujah. Well, the devil don't like no singing going on around here. Well, the devil don't like no singing going on around here. I'm going to sing with all of my mind. The devil don't like no singing. Oh, somebody help me. Well, the devil don't like no shouting going on around here. The devil don't like no shouting going on around here. I don't Come on, somebody. Well, the devil don't like no preaching going on around here. Devil don't like no preaching going on around here. Devil don't 
like no preacher going on. Listen now. Devil don't like no dancing going on around here. Devil don't like no dancing going on around here. But I don't care what the devil don't like. I want to stomp on his head with all of my mind. The devil don't like no dancing going on. Sing with me today. Devil don't like no shouting going on around here. Devil don't like no shout going on around here. Devil don't like this Esther going on around here. Devil don't like this mystery going on right here. But I don't care what the devil don't like. With all of my mind, devil don't like this Esther going on. Listen now. Haman don't like no shot going on around here. Haman don't like no shot going on around here. the Son. He's God in the Holy Ghost. He's God all three in one. I said that God is God. God don't never change. Jesus is His He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. God in the Holy Ghost. God all three in one. Right. I said, God, He's God. Jesus is His name. He's the God of the I am, the God of Abraham. He's the God of the royal seed. He's the God of you and me. I said, God. I said that God, he's God, and Jesus is his name. I remember the day he saved me from a life of sin and shame. Down in that water rejoicing, baptized in 
Jesus' name, I say, God. that we would have handed out boxes of chalk when you come in the door so you could write your besetting sin on the bottom of your foot so you could write cancer on the bottom of your foot Since we ain't got no chalk, I say we go ahead and stomp anyhow. I say we say, cancer, you're under my feet. Besetting sin, you're under my feet. Affliction, you're under my feet. You are defeated, Haman. You are defeated, depression. Hallelujah, suicide. You are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. You ought to have seen what it looked like in my office after church last night. I was in one of the chairs thrown back on oxygen. Brother Ron was on another and on oxygen. Brother Tim was sitting over in the chair. Preacher's in there everywhere. And I finally come to myself. I said, we, they think we look bad. We're the winners. They ought 
to see the kingdom of hell. I'm not like the old black sister said, Jesus, you're going to have to back off. You're fixing to hurt me. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. This is your hour, Esther. This is your time. Hallelujah. We've got a little sister that's coming to be baptized today. She'll come prepare for that. Anybody else that the Lord's moving on your heart and you haven't been baptized? You need to be. We've got a baptism here for you. One night with the king. Put up the words for us, brother. One night with the king. Maybe you remember that day, that morning, that evening, whenever it was. When it changed you. Not because of anything we are. Any good deeds we could ever do. Brother Ron said it when Brother David was preaching. Whenever he mentioned about sin. When he saw her. Brother Ron said. He saw himself. He saw himself. That's what he saw in you. He saw himself. One night with the king changes every scene. Think about it. One day in his courts did forever change my course. Thank God. Oh, I've never been the same. One night with the King changes everything. Can we all sing it together? One night with the King. Oh, one night with the King. Thank you, Lord God, truly changes everything. Let's just worship him together. One day in his courts, it forever changed my And I have never, I have never, never been the same. One night with the King truly changes every verse. Now listen. 
From the desert to the king, it had been my destiny to be chosen for such a time as this. I didn't know that all my dreams could become realities. Then I saw his face, his love captured me. kids. Well, guess what? God said, I'm coming for you kids. There's a God movement. There's a bride movement. Every movement the world comes up with, every movement will never stop the move of the bride. will never stop bringing your kids up here to get baptized. So as he, as he was saying last night, you claim your kids. You give them to God. They, there's come to a point, they make that choice. She's made that choice. She told me last night she wanted to get baptized because she wanted God to have control of her life. So if, we'll just, as we baptize her, just we're going to pray over and believe, and believe that God take control of her life. We, we all need that. We all need it. Your humanity, your humanity is, is what, what, as we've saying, it needs to be setting sins of your humanity. God takes control of your life. It's as simple as that. I had a young, young man ask me last night, how do I know I got the Holy Ghost? I went through the prayer line. I told him, I said, Satan was waiting at the very end of that prayer line. When you come out, he's sitting there telling you you didn't get it. Telling you you didn't get healed. If he's, Satan is a liar, so if he's talking to you, he's probably not telling the truth. So let's pray over our sister. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a wonderful, beautiful thing, Lord. When a member of the bride finds her place. When heaven reaches down and touches his soul. 
and places her in the body where she's supposed to be, Lord. Getting us ready for the last one. She might be the last one, Lord. How glorious that would be. But Lord, we're praying and believing, Father. Lord, as her name is Phoenix, Lord. What a wonderful name, Lord. If she could rise up out of the ashes of humanity, Lord, and take on the fire of heaven, Lord, as she rises and finds her place as a daughter of God. I know and believe with all my heart you're going to do that for her, Lord. We're all believing that for her, Lord. As she comes out, may she seek the Holy Ghost, Lord. And it's a free gift. Lord, she don't have to beg for it. She don't have to plead for it. You said it's a free gift. It's freely given. I pray that you would touch my sister as we baptize her. Thank you for it. Lord Phoenix, as commissioned by the word, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. So I appreciate you being here this weekend with us. You have honored us, my son. We've one got more. a couple more. Brothers. Praise the Lord. This is little Micah Priest. He wants to, we had a little talk a while ago, and he understands, that just like his daddy, when he gives his life to, to God, when this is a symbolism of going down a bad boy and coming up a good boy. That's how he understands it. So God reveals it to us in simpler ways than, than others. So let's, let's pray over Brother Micah. Heavenly Father, Lord, the tender heart of a child. Lord, that, that's what we all need. When you speak to us, Lord, and we receive you as children of God, Lord, that's what he's come to do. Lord, is, 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 I pray, Lord, that you would reveal to his heart and his soul, Lord, the understanding of the symbolism, Father, of the death, burial, and the resurrection. Lord, I pray that you would lead him and guide him, Father. May he live his life for you. May he give you everything he has, Lord Jesus, and I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Micah, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold your name. and filled with the Holy Ghost. So let, let's pray with our brother. Heavenly Father, Lord, as our brother comes to baptism, Lord, Lord, he wants to start a journey afresh with you. He wants to leave the world behind. He wants to give you everything that he is, Lord. That's what we have to do, Lord. If we want the Holy Ghost, we have to be able to sell out everything that we have to get it. Anything that stands between us and the Holy Ghost, Lord, we got to get rid of it. I pray, Father, that you would bless my brother, Lord, but nothing stand between you and him as we baptize him here this morning, Father. Would he come up, Lord, would you fill him with the Holy Ghost? We're believing you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Keaton, as commissioned next 238, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
certainly appreciate you being with us and so grateful for all the local folks here that helped build all this and do everything that they did and thank you for coming and, and fellowshipping with us and joining this time of dedication with us. Sometime a little later, maybe August or September, something like that, I'd like to have a special meeting with our black brothers and sisters from North Carolina, South Carolina, different places. I didn't figure we'd all have quite room to do all of this, but we'll let them come and do the preaching and do the singing, and we'll sing along with them and rejoice. And amen. We certainly love love our precious saints. They have just meant so much to us over the years. Let's sing this song together as we prepare to be dismissed that I could still go free. Aren't you glad you're free today? You can lock me up in a prison. You can throw away From these eyes that now, now can see, Lord God, deprive me of the food I need, and even by my hand. Sing it now. But on the road 
Aren't you glad he did? Feel the pain of flesh, flesh and bone. I love this part. And to later draw up that lonesome path that led to Calvary. Glory! Those blood red stains.
wind He said that I could still go free Oh, He said that I still go free Oh, what kind of a man I give you thanks. Oh, thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. Oh, my soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Thanks, oh, we give you thanks, thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, oh, my soul has found rest, oh, Lord, I'll give you thanks, oh, Thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. Oh, I am so blessed. Oh, my soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I'll give you thanks. I thank you, Lord, for the strength you give. Simply carry on through life's toils and tests, the worst and best. I never left alone. You're always right beside me. You hear me when I pray. Since I first began, you've been my dearest friend. I give you all the praise. Oh, we want to say thanks. Thank you, Lord. I am 
so blessed. Oh, I'm so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh Lord, I give you thanks. I give you thanks this moment, and I will continually. For each day I live, your grace you give. I'm blessed abundantly. I can't forget that moment when you came into my life. You made a change. I've never been the same. I want to give you thanks. We give you thanks. 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 Thank you, Lord. I give you thanks for all you've done. Oh, I am so blessed. So oh, blessed. my soul has found rest. Oh, I give 